Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey guys, this is Autumn with The Autumn Miles Show. I am so glad that you have joined us today. I don't want to waste any time. I want to get straight to part two of the resurrection power message. I remember with our twins, it was almost as if after we were rejected, the three years built my faith. It was almost like I had just this holy like, oh, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I use the Bible as my stability and my confidence and my comfort. Nothing else. Because there are times when we go to other things and they, they're they like, yeah, that, there was no power in that. that this is the spirit of God. I, I, don't, I don't need that. I don't need a Facebook quote. I don't need um, a real quick, I'm praying for you. I need to go straight to the source for the, the source of God, uh, the spirit of God to, to resurrect my dream. I, I don't know about you, but when, I, I lo- when we lost our initial set of twins, I thought, Lord, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden I thought, no, 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 Lord, you're going to do something great. It was almost like those, those years that uh, passed between, um, between us getting scammed and, and the, us seeing our, our twins that God restored back to us. Those years grew my faith greatly because I just didn't accept no. When I knew God said he was going to give us a child, via adoption. My faith grew. It didn't diminish. And I wonder where you're at today. Those of you that I don't know, I just feel that I I can feel the heaviness, honestly, as I'm talking. It's not over. It's not over. Shout in your car. It will be well. It will be well. It will be well. It will be well. There is nothing that Satan has killed that God cannot resurrect. There is nothing that is so far from the Lord that God does not have the power to bring back to life. That book that you put down and you said, I'm not going to write anymore because it's too hard. God can resurrect uh, the, the writing ability and creativity in you. That marriage that you think is dead. Let me tell you something. God is the one that can resurrect resurrect that relationship in the name of Jesus. Don't you accept no when God has said, yes, it will be well. Say it will be well. I want to stir your, your faith in God, not your faith in faith, not your faith in, and your spouse, not your faith in the fertility doctors, because God bless them. We love them, but they are not God. Okay. God uses them, but they are not God, not your faith in any other source other than almighty God. I want you to shout in your spirit. It will be well. You know why I can say that? Because it has been well with me. Some of you guys, though, you're not dealing with the death of a dream. You're literally dealing with the death of faith. This is a hard one. The death of faith. You've had faith at one time. You've had faith. You've you've exercised faith. You've believed for and you have seen God work. But then all of a sudden, you find yourself waking up one day and and maybe, maybe that person wasn't healed. And they did pass away. 
maybe that person did leave you and file for divorce and, and it took your faith with it. You know, Satan's goal is to steal kill and destroy anything that you have built spiritually. And so it's not really a dream. It's really your faith. You don't really care about dreams. You just can't even make it to church because you just don't believe that God is good any longer. I want to take you to John 11. Now, a certain man was sick. His name was Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord with oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the sisters went, sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, and I know this story may be familiar with you. I want you to hang with me here. But when Jesus heard this, this is what he said. The sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified by it. The sickness is not to end in death. No. It's for the glory of God. Someone needs to hear that today. The sickness is not going to end in death, but it is for the glory of God. Yes, you're afflicted. Your health is afflicted. It's not going to end in death, but It is for the glory of God. Maybe someone needs encouragement for just a perspective shift today. It's for the glory of God. It's for the glory of God. It's hard to see, but it's for the glory of God. So that the Son of Man may be glorified. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Why does God delay in healing us? Well, because it's for the glory of God. Sometimes he delays it for the glory of God. We want it sooner, but it's for the glory of God. So he delays because he knows he can heal. But if he delays, he will get the glory for what he's doing. It's for the glory of God. He delayed two days. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let's go. It's interesting when, when, when God comes in to heal, um, there is a minute, maybe he delays a couple of days, but then he turns around and he looks at all of his angels and he said, okay, now's the time. Let's do it. We're not going to delay another longer, a, a, a day longer. We're not going to delay 10 minutes longer. Okay, let's do it. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews, We're just now seeking to stone you, and you're going to go there again. He goes anyway. John 11, 11. Then he said, after that, our friend Lazarus had fallen asleep, but I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. Notice their response. The disciples said to him, Lord, if if he's fallen asleep, well, he, he'll recover. Oh, my goodness. I'm so stupid in this moment. God bless them. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he was speaking of a literal sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sake that I was not there so that you may believe. Let us go to meet him. Now, this is kind of a confusing statement. I think I think if I was one of the disciples, I would have I clearly would have been like, now, Jesus, he's going to recover. Come on, Jesus. We know this. 
Um, I, I know I would be one of those voices with the disciples. But it's very interesting to me that God had something greater than healing in mind. God had something greater for his disciples to see, for Mary and Martha to see, for even Lazarus to see in mind. God had his glory in mind, and he wanted to make sure that the disciples saw him resurrect someone from the dead. Because if they saw him resurrect Lazarus from the dead, then maybe after he was crucified on the third day, they would believe that he actually resurrected from the dead. He needed them to see. He needed them to know that he was the God that could actually do what he says he was going to do. They needed a physical example of what he was foretelling him that was going to happen to himself. I am glad for your sake that I am not there. So you may believe. Let us go to him. I wonder today if, if um, God is telling you that, that, that something is going to happen in your life. And it's almost like you, 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 you just can't believe it's going to happen to you. You just can't believe that what God is telling you is, is actually going to happen to you because things like that don't happen to you. But then you see your best friend, God, do a miracle in their life. And he gives you an example of what you can do in your life. And for the first time, maybe your faith is stirred that it can actually happen in and for you. I remember very specifically um, going back to ministry. I have I have several women that I really respect in ministry. And I, I sort of watched their ministries and I read their books and I watched how God worked in and throughout from, from terrible circumstances that they had come from, but God still operated based on his grace and their faith. And I remember saying, Lord, if you can do it for them, then you can do it for me. There was something about him giving me an example of what he can do that stirred my faith. I am glad for your sakes. I am not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So he went. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, when she met him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her very plainly, your brother will rise again. And, and this is her response. Isn't it funny how we patronize God? Your brother will rise again. I'm, gonna, I'm about to resurrect your brother. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to mourn any longer. I'm going to resurrect your brother. And we patronize God. When he tell, tells us something directly, we almost um, come against God with our own human mentality that, um, that can't even understand what God is telling us plainly. She says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Oh God, I know he's going to, I mean, I know you're going to take me to heaven when you die. But how does that help me now? If you would have just been here. If you would have just been here. But God is about his glory more than it is about our timing. He is about his glory more than he is about our timing. And if we are called to be followers and believers of Jesus and we are walking and being followers and believers of Jesus, we have to be about what he's about and he is about his glory, not our timing. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection of life. He who believes in me lives even if he dies. And this is the perfect part of scripture where it says, um, 
John eleven thirty five. Let's recite it all together. Jesus wept. Yes. He wept. He understood the lament that the, the, he, he um, was so broken because I, I, I don't think it's because Lazarus died. I honestly think he's broken because here he is telling these people, listen, he is going, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to raise him. I, I, your brother's going to rise. I, I am the resurrection. I'm, I'm going to show you my glory. I'm going to do something amazing for you and with you. And it says uh, 11, uh, 1133, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. Um, and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And it was after he saw where Lazarus was laid. He saw all the commotion. He had tried to, to communicate very clearly. I'm going to raise Lazarus. from. That's when he wept. I don't really think he was grieving Lazarus' death. I think at that moment he was grieving a lack of faith in the area. The disciples didn't believe that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. Martha didn't believe or Mary that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. I think the whole situation made him grieve because they had been following him for quite some time and still did not believe that he was who he said he was. So he wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could this man not have kept him from dying? So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, he's deeply moved within, doesn't tell us why. We assume he is grieving. I don't think it's the grief of Lazarus because he knew he was going to see him about 2.5 seconds. I think it's the grief of the lack of faith by his followers that deeply moved him and concerned him about the future um, of, of, of his own crucifixion and resurrected. And I think he was deeply grieved from the lack of faith. Now, it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. That's where he was buried, in a tomb. And Jesus said, remove the stone. Remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench. Ugh. For he said, he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you? Here we see this indignant Jesus. He, I, I, again, don't think he's grieving Lazarus' death. He is grieving the death of faith. Did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe in me again, grieving over the lack of faith. I'm going to say this out loud so these people can understand what I am clearly saying. When he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And don't you know that everyone watching was very interested if Lazarus was going to step a couple feet forward and actually greet Jesus at the foot of his own tomb. Let me break this down for you. When Jesus looked at them and said, remove the stone, I believe that that is, um, something that we, we can parallel to his own death. 
What did he do when he was resurrected from the dead? He removed his own stone. And when that stone was removed, there was a, a, a access to faith in him through the death, burial, and resurrection of his stone. This is a foreshadowing of that. So I'm going to ask you today, what stone do you have in your heart? What stone do you have in your life? That is literally your dead faith. That stone is blocking you from seeing your faith resurrected just like Lazarus was that day. God is telling you today, Lazarus, come forth. Insert your own name. Autumn, come forth. Insert your own name right in there. I need you today. Whenever your faith has died, what, wherever it's gone, whatever has caused it to literally die, I am asking you to take that stone and remove it. That's dead stone of lack of faith. And I believe God wants to do something in you that is amazing, something through you that is amazing, something that only God can do. If you remove that stone, you have access to the power of faith. Remove that stone of doubt. It's time. God is calling Lazarus to come forth all over the place. I just believe it right now. Lazarus, come forth. It's time. Yes, you need healing. I've delayed for my glory. But once I come through, man, you have such a testimony of the power of God, one that you wouldn't have had if I would have healed you immediately. You're going to have such a testimony of how you've battled this out with faith and, and with belief. You're going to have such a testimony. I'm going to use you in ways that you couldn't even imagine because of what has I have allowed in your life. Lazarus, come forth. He came forth. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Verse 45 says this, therefore, Many of the Jews who came to Mary saw what he had done and believed in him. Many of the Jews believed in him because he delayed healing, let the impossible happen, and resurrected him. Where is your faith? The last one I'll go to quickly. I love this one. I always talk about this every single Easter. This one is, um, your soul is literally dead. We know from what I've been saying um, that Jesus died for you. For you. For me. And he took on everything that we did wrong. Every wrong thing that we did, he took on on the cross. And just like he foretold his, his disciples, he did rise again. We know that. There's even evidence in the scripture from that. Matthew 28, 2, uh, 1, I'm going to read. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. Jesus had died. This was the Sunday morning. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. I'm going to I'm going to stop right there and just hit this point really, really hard. Um, I, I'm speaking to that person today that has a completely dead soul. They don't understand um, 
God or the things of God. They don't understand how a God can actually forgive them from their sin. They don't understand. We know that the Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the way. His death made it possible um, for you to come to the Father and to actually have a relationship with God. Talk to him like one of your friends. Talk to him like your brother, your sister, your your father. God, Jesus made that possible through his death on the cross. But it did not stop there. Three days later, he resurrected from the dead. And it's very interesting to me that when he did that and behold, a severe earthquake, which in my study, um, uh, it talks about it being an actual disastrous earthquake, a disastrous earthquake that would that would tear down buildings, tear down things. Things would crumble because of the instability of the earth. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and set upon it. As I have studied this passage of scripture over the years, I cannot get past the fact that the creator could not stay in the creation of the earth any longer. He couldn't stay there. He was residing for three days in something that he created. And when God said, okay, it's time to resurrect, there was such an earthquake that the, the creation could not hold the creator any longer. He was that powerful. He was that big. So the earth itself had to spit him out and he resurrected from the dead. Let me tell you that soul that is lost today, you need an earthquake, a shattering um, earthquake experience with God Almighty he is the way to have that by belief in Jesus. When I came to Christ, it changed everything. It was, I can't even put it into words. As I walk daily in my relationship with him and he does things for me daily, personally, powerfully, miraculously, the power of God in me when I went, when I accepted that power in me and now walk with him, him daily, the earthquake experience, honestly, is a daily thing. I see him everywhere. I see him in my own life. And I want to say to those of you that have the, uh, a dead soul that literally need to be awakened to what all you can be in Christ he is the way. Stop resisting him any longer. He has a plan for your life. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to take you to heaven when you die. It will literally change your life. It'll be like an earthquake in your life because the resurrected king wants to change your life through his resurrection. I want you to pray with me if that's you. I'm just going to pray for all of you. Lord, I speak right now to that one, many, many in Jesus' name. To those many people, Lord, that are dead in their soul. They've never accepted Jesus to come into their life. I speak to those people today. Those people that may be saying, yes, I'm ready for a relationship. 
So as I say these words, those of you that are listening, I want you just to repeat them after me if you're ready for a relationship in Christ. Say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died on the cross to save me from my sin and to pay for all everything that I've done. I'm asking you today, right now, to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to enter into a relationship with you. And I want you to take me to heaven when I die. I'm tired of being the dead soul. I need the living God living inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, you just accepted Christ as your Savior. God bless you. Welcome to the ride of your life. Lord, I want to pray for um, those that have the death of a dream and the death of faith, Lord, and they just don't know how to operate any longer. Lord, I pray that you would show yourself mighty to them and very personally to them in ways that only you can. Lord, I pray for you to resurrect dreams. I pray for you to resurrect faith. I pray that based on your resurrection, those people would see that it is possible to do what only you can do through them. Lord, we trust you. We believe you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for listening today. I will see you next time right here on The Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for The Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.